Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What's up, everybody? Matt Kajeski here, back again with the Odd Shopper channel. Today, we're talking some college basketball ahead of a mid-major focused Thursday slate. It's February the 22nd. Before we get started, make sure to hit that thumbs up button, subscribe to the channel, and hit the notification bell so you know when this and all other content goes live. We're also brought to you by BetMGM. Limited time offer for those of you in legal states, except New York, Puerto Rico, Nevada. Click the link in the video description below. Make your first deposit of at least $5. Turn that around, $5 wager on any team, total, market, whatever you would like. And you will be paid out $150 in the form of bonus bets. That is $150 you didn't have. You can use it on any team, even one of these teams in this video if you'd like. But who doesn't want an extra $150 in their bankroll? You must be 21 or older to play in most areas. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, we'll circle back to yesterday, an exciting slate of games. I was at the Marquette game, so I missed a lot of it, but I did see Kentucky get upset, saw Illinois get upset, and a lot of fun games overall. We were on some pretty good spots. Duke versus Miami, all the injury stuff we talked about came to fruition. Tyrese Proctor ended up clearing protocol for Duke, and Miami, unfortunately, did not have two of their starters, and it was just a complete disaster for a team that continues to sputter down the stretch. Nebraska got a road win. Who would have thought? I was told on the internet that they cannot win on the road, despite playing a couple overtime games already this year. They knock off Indiana. That was solid. Colorado State, New Mexico was on the under there, which came in. LaSalle covers against Bonaventure. Richmond bounced back against Rhode Island after a tough stretch for them recently. Then we had Jacksonville State. Bradley and added Florida late for any late additions. Those are always available on Twitter. I tweet those out at Matt underscore Gajeski. If you are interested, as far as the losses go, they all came in greasy games, Western Carolina, Dayton, Northern Iowa, UNC Asheville. So ended up with a profitable day, a solid day overall in what was a, a fun one for college basketball today. Largely mid-major Thursdays, a couple Pac-12 games, and we, we honestly have a few Big Ten games, which surprised me. Some of them are hard to bet. You've got Purdue as a massive favorite over Rutgers, Ohio State in free fall, and Michigan barely fielding a roster at this point. So some of those games are difficult to bet. We'll talk five in depth, and then we'll run through a rapid-fire section at the end. Again, rapid-fire doesn't mean those games are any less valuable or important. This is a timing thing. If you have any questions, you can reach out to me on that. But let's dive in. So we have Washington State taking on Arizona. This is a rematch from earlier this year. Washington State got a victory over the Wildcats. That was on their home floor. Now they hit the road to face the Wildcats. The spread is 12 and a half, which I think is too far in favor of Arizona. It's nothing against Arizona. This team is awesome. A little bit up and down at times. They've struggled in certain games. Haven't quite gotten the best play out of Kylan Boswell. Their front court fouls a lot. You've got Balo and Keisha Johnson. Johnson's had a big problem fouling lately. I mean, he only averages 3.1 fouls per 40 minutes. I don't 
expect this to persist, but four fouls in each of the last three games. Not the best showing for Keyshaw Johnson, and I wouldn't say they're exactly deep there. Their backcourt at least is a little deeper. You know, Caleb Love, Pele Larson, Kylan Boswell, and then you've got Bradley and Lewis on the bench, so you can afford some play maybe that isn't always optimal from some of those players in the backcourt. But as far as they match up here, Washington State does a lot of things well. They're a roster that's built with size. That's what you need against Arizona. Arizona's 28th at effective height. Washington State's 23rd. So all the ancillary metrics related to height. Rebounding, it's 24. Washington State, 3 for Arizona. Pretty close there. On the interior, Washington State, they're 75th in scoring. They're 15th in defense. That counteracts Arizona, who's 27th in scoring, 68th on defense. You need a roster that can do this. Neither team shoots a lot of threes. 311th for Washington State. That's three-point rate. It's adjusted for tempo. Arizona's 303. You have slightly better three-point shooting percentage on the Arizona side, but they're also far worse on defense. 80th for Washington State versus 215th for Arizona. If you look at just the overall efficiency metrics on the screen, those are also very close. Offensive efficiency, defensive efficiency. The one thing that really boosts the defensive efficiency rating for Arizona is turnovers forced. They're 77th. Washington State, very good with the ball in their hands. They do not have a lot of turnovers committed. So to me, this just speaks to a game coming in with a spread closer than what we see on the screen at 12 and a half. And I guess I don't usually dive into the situational stuff, but with Washington State, this team isn't even really in a bad situational spot. They last played Saturday against Stanford. They had two straight home games. This is the first leg of their road trip. They're in Arizona twice. You have Arizona tonight and Arizona State on Saturday. So no look ahead stuff for those of you that like to look at that stuff anyway. A lot of points. We're going to back the road team. Five days rest to travel and hit Arizona. I guess you could talk me into the revenge, I guess, with the Wildcats, but not going to buy that. All right, let's head to the AAC. We have SMU taking on FAU. Game where these teams are only going to meet once this year. Don't love when we have conferences like this, but no potential rematches. And one where FAU is the home team. They're coming off the loss. They've sputtered a little bit this year after reaching the Final Four last year. SMU's had a very good season. They're up to 39th at Ken Palm. They're 19-7. They're a team that my model has personally loved. And they like them again in this spot. This team has now rattled off six straight wins. They most recently demolished Memphis. Prior to that, beat Tulane, beat a top 100 team in North Texas, and then some of the bottom end of this conference. But FAU has been up and down. They're 2-2 two and two in their last four. That includes an overtime game against UAB where they lost. UAB's 129th at Kempom, so a team outside the top 100 in most power rankings. They beat two teams outside the top 150, Wichita and Temple. Wichita required overtime, and then they just lost to South Florida, who's barely a top 100 team. They come in at 98. It's been a real struggle for this FAU team. And if you go even beyond that, their last top 100 win was against North Texas, who's 74th. That was 66-63. It has not been clean sledding for FAU recently. And it, this is reflected in the efficiency metrics. They have a slight edge on SMU and offense. We'll dive into that a little deeper in a second. But they're way worse on defense, 144 to 38. It's not even close. Rebounding, SMU is an edge here, 
I guess you could maybe argue that they haven't had Rosado on the interior, so you've really relied on Vlad Golden. And for whatever reason, they refuse to play him more than 24 minutes. So when Golden comes off to the court, it's really, really greasy players like Trey Carroll. Now Rosado's back. That does help somewhat, but this FAU team still doesn't play with a lot of size, 235 to 205 for SMU. So I don't think this rebounding edge SMU's direction, although slight, is going away. And then to dive into the specific scoring stuff, this SMU team, they don't trail FAU in most metrics. On the interior, 87th in scoring, FAU's 21st. Unfortunately for FAU, there is a huge gap in defensive efficiency on the interior, 23 versus 134. So Golden, everything he does well and what these guards can can do getting to the basket, it's not going to be easy. You have Harris and you have Phelps to defend the elite guards like Davis and Martin. Then from three, also very close, 86 SMU. And then FAU is 42. Defense, this is a wide gap. SMU is 22nd. FAU is 160th in perimeter defense. So yeah, you have these slight shooting edges FAU's direction, but it's not like SMU's bad. And then you have pretty vast gaps on the defensive side of the ball, which leads me to believe we have some value on the SMU side, despite coming in as the road team. You can find sixes out there. I was actually pretty happy with five and a half prior to some of this line movement, but I guess you're not really incentivized to take this now with it moving the other direction, but SMU is the side we're going to look at. All right. We'll head back out west for Pac-12 dominated slate. So we'll talk Oregon taken on Stanford. Those of you that want to skip ahead, you've heard me talk about Stanford a lot. You probably lost money on Stanford. It takes me a long time to banish teams. There's actually only one team banished right now. It's Wisconsin, but Stanford is pretty damn close. And if they don't win this game, they're probably going to be banned. It's a pick them. First thing I'll say is this line's going to move. So if you're scared of Stanford, but you love closing line value, just take them. It's going to move. All right. For the actual analysis, Oregon has a ton of injuries this year. Team is really sputtering down the stretch. They lost Nate Biddle. They lost Mookie Cook. They lost Zarzuela, and they lost Bartholomew. That's four players who, when healthy, play like 15 to 20 minutes at least for this team. Just completely battered season for Oregon. And somehow they've actually put together a competent record, so they need some credit. But as far as their recent play, it has been a struggle. They barely beat Oregon State over the weekend. That was a two-point victory. They lost to Washington State. No shame there. They beat Washington by five. That is what it is, a middling team. Lose to UCLA. And that's their last four games. That's where you see most of these injuries occurring for this team. Meanwhile, Stanford's lost four of their last five. Some of these closer than others. But this team, they kind of ride and die by the three at times. They are ninth in three-point percentage, 70th in three-point rate. Oregon is 191st at defending the three. So another tailor-made matchup on the home floor for Stanford to take advantage of this. And they're 25th in effective effective field goal percentage. Oregon is 113th. Where Oregon wins, they do have advantages inside, especially with Dante back in the picture. Stanford is much taller than Oregon, though, so you have bodies to throw at Dante. The effective height difference is 225 for Oregon, 18th for Stanford. So there's really no excuse why they've been so bad on the inside, but just player personnel-wise, like Maxime Raynaud is 7'1". Brandon Angel's 6'8". Spencer Jones is 6'7". Andre Stojakovic is 6'7". 
Michael Jones is 6'5". And then, like, James Keefe will play eight minutes maybe in this game. He's 6'9". You have tons of height to throw at this team. I don't know. This is a lot of points. Excuse me. Not, this is not a lot of points. You can find pickums out here. Minus ones are available too. Try to find the pickem obviously if you can. You use the Odd Shopper. This will help you just find the book with the best number. It's available. You can sort by state. You can sort by book. Whatever it is that you prefer to use, and it's just going to give you the best place to take this. But expect movement. Other benefits to Odd Shopper. We don't just have college basketball. And it's going to help you find plus EV bets with our market-based approach. Discord's now involved, too. I'm in there talking up these games. So if you'd like to take advantage, it's $14.95 for a week, $49.95 for a month. No long-term commitments. Highly suggest it. It's going to make your process far easier and save you money. Stanford will be the side. Let's stick out west. We have UC San Diego taking on UC Riverside. This game, we'll back another road team here. San Diego has been awesome this year. These teams actually did play, so we can go back to you know previous sample for these two teams. It was a close one. Came down to one point. San Diego did get the win. It was 66-65. That was on their home floor. But you have a vast difference in most major efficiency metrics. San Diego 67th in offense. You've got a Riverside team outside the top 230. The defensive gap is a little closer. It's 154 to 208, but it's still there. Rebounding Riverside actually does have a slight advantage in this area of the floor, but I don't think it's going to be that big of an edge in this game. A lot of this is just effort, and it comes on the defensive end. The difference in height, 193 to 70, it's, it's decent, but it's not what I think this is really going to affect the game. And Riverside just has so many problems scoring. For that offensive efficiency number, 236, when you dive into the effective field goal stuff, holy smokes, it gets even worse. 338 effective field goal, 353 interior scoring, 250th from three. The worst place, I guess, on defense for San Diego is from three to 11th, but you just don't have a team that can exploit this whatsoever. Meanwhile, San Diego... 83 on the interior, 54th in three-point rate, 158th in three-point percentage. This team has, they'd never turn the ball over. They force a decent amount of them. Riverside, conversely, they don't generate any turnovers. They're in foul trouble quite a bit. They don't use their height effectively. It's on the road, but this one stands out towards UC San Diego. One of the better teams in this conference. Wouldn't be surprised if they make a March Madness this season. Last one. Saved the greasiest one of all for you guys. Lemoyne takes on LIU, Long Island. We have the Dolphins versus the Sharks if you're into to cool mascots. But contrary to maybe intuition, we're going to back the Dolphins here over the Sharks. You can see it in the record, just two vastly different teams. The biggest gap in efficiency on either side comes on the offensive end. Lemoyne 248, Long Island 246. There are some other edges that point towards LeMoyne in this game, despite being on the road. This team shoots a ton of threes. They're 18th. You have, they actually rank 113th in three-point percentage, which is shocking. I think despite the slight gap in defensive efficiency, you actually have some pretty good defensive edges for this team. They never turn the ball over, and they force a ton of turnovers. They're 109th in turnovers force. Long Island is 330th. 
and turnovers committed. They're constantly, constantly committing turnovers. Foul margin vastly favors LeMoyne. Just player personnel, EvanMia.com, sort by conference. This is the NEC. You can just look and see where these players rank in Bayesian performance rating. For LeMoyne, you have five players in the top 20. Derek Jones, Nathan McClure, Mike DePersia, Isaiah Salter, Kaim Cleary, all in the top 20. Two are in the top 11. You look at Long Island, what does this team actually put on the floor? They have zero players in the top 40. Zero, not one. Not a single player that ranks top 40 efficiency-wise in this conference. Yeah, they're at home. Road trips aren't crazy in this conference. But LeMoyne just holding so many drastic advantages over this Long Island team. We'll back them here. All right, let's get to rapid-fire stuff. I did take an over in an SMU-FAU game. I took Monmouth over Tosin. That was plus seven. Delaware plus one and a half against Charleston. App State, Old Dominion, and under 144 and a half. South Alabama plus four and a half against Southern Miss. Took an under in UC Santa Barbara, Barbara, UC Irvine. That's at 144. Took UC Bakersfield against Long Beach at plus 11. Eastern Washington minus seven and a half against Northern Arizona. Seattle minus five against Stephen F. Austin. And an under in NJIT versus New Hampshire. If you have a comment, please leave it below. Otherwise, I'm on Twitter at Matt underscore Gajeski. DMs are open if you have a question. We'll be back tomorrow for Friday. And then Saturday, we'll be back for that as well. Until next time, good luck, everyone. We'll catch you later.